Welcome to the Rainier View Christian Church Podcast, where we invite you to pursue God, engage in community, and make a difference. Hey everyone, if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Erica and I'm our Graham Student Ministry Pastor. I'm also one of our teaching pastors here on staff. And you are here for the second week in our series called Habits. And uh, this week we're going to be taking a look at the life of Daniel. And... In a non-creepy way, I love taking a look at people's lives. Like, I want them to say, yes, you can take a look at my life. I don't want to creepily, like, you you get it, you get it. Uh, in fact, I love it so much that some of my favorite things to watch on YouTube are day in the life videos. Uh, they have them for everything. So I'm going to give an example and some of you are going to be like, oh, really? They have them for football players too. But my favorite ones to watch, uh, one of my favorites is the Radio City Rockets. They follow one of the Radio City Rockets during their Christmas Spectacular show. Um, and it just follows her whole day what time she wakes up, how she, what she eats to fuel her body well, what kind of exercises she does during the day so she can do her shows well in the evening. I love seeing that. I think all of us kind of love to see people who have unique jobs or unique circumstances and see what is it in their life that they do to get to that place. How is it that they structure their days, their time, their, their hobbies, all of these things to get them to this unique place? But I also wonder, and and it doesn't talk about this in the series of videos that I've seen, at what point in time did they say, I want to be somewhere else, and how I'm living my life right now isn't getting me there? Because honestly, we don't really think about how we spend our days. It often will just go on autopilot. We don't intentionally pick how we spend our mornings or the conversations we have, what our evenings look like. And so we build systems in place. But think about the morning. What do you do when your alarm first goes off? Do you like slap it and you're like, all right, ready for a great day. Here we go. Or are you more like, "Uh, let's hit the snooze button, snuggle back in for another nine minutes and uh, fall into a dream that is weirdly interrupted by beeping. What does it look like for you to get ready for a day? What's the first thing that you read? Is it social media? Is it the news? Is it the Bible? Is it a book? When, when you get into the meat of your day, whatever that looks like, whether it is managing your home or managing an office, making coffee, whatever that looks like, how do you, how do you talk to other people? How do you set that tone there? When you get home at the end of your day, what do you do? How, what do meals look like? How often do you take all of that stuff that is accumulating in your car out of your car? I know it's there because it's in my car too. We're, we're in this together. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, what, what do bedtime routines look like? Not for like young people in your life. What do your bedtime routines look like? All of us have these systems in place and where are they getting you? And so we're going to look at Daniel's life today. Daniel already had a system in place in his life. So when, so when it got cranked up, when the pressure got cranked up on his life, he, he was prepared for it. He didn't have to make first-time decisions about how he was going to respond or what he was going to do. We're going to actually be in the book of Daniel today. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 6 together. And and just a little bit of background for you to know. uh, Daniel has been living, uh, Daniel has been a prisoner of the Babylonians. They've taken him and he's like, all right, I'm here. But he keeps leveling up. He is proving himself in each situation and location about how to handle himself well. 
In fact, at one point in time, they, they try to get him and the friends that he is with, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they try to get them to stop with some of the habits that they have built into their lives that they feel bring God glory. And, and instead of stopping those habits, they keep doing them and they rise to another level of power. At one point in time, Daniel interprets some dreams for the king and he raises to another level of power. In fact, he has risen to so many levels of of power and influence that he is one of three people who are over 120 different leaders known as satraps. And this is what it says in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. This is a glowing performance review. Like, could you imagine, like, you're doing so great. We're going to put you over the whole company now. My students who are coming to the end of their school year, I bet that they want a, like, a comment like that left on their report card. Like, they're doing so great. We're going to put them over the whole school district. What a dream. But what happens in any story, anytime the new guy begins to gain some influence, some power, what happens? That's right. No one does anything. Everyone cheers them on. It's so great. It's more like a little TikTok video than it is an epic film. Just kidding. Anytime the outsider begins to gain influence, people freak out. They're like, oh man, he's taken my power. What do I do now? Uh, and then they try to sabotage it. And so that is exactly what is going to happen to Daniel. I would like to think that maybe somewhere in the future when we see someone else like stepping up their game, we would then just in turn step up our game instead of freaking out. But that's not, that's not where we are at all. Uh, so what happens... It says in Daniel chapter 6, verse 4, At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. They know Daniel is going to keep doing what he has been doing. They know that he is going to keep being a man of integrity. They know that he is going to keep doing a great job. And like I said, they are panicked. And so they realize that the only way they can, he can, they can knock him down from power is by going after his relationship with God. And so these conniving, lazy men go to the king and they say, hey, you know what you should do, king? And he's like, what should I do? And they're like, you should make a law. And with this law, it should say, no one can pray to anyone or anything but you for 30 days. And if they do, they get thrown into the lion's den. And the king's like, sure, that sounds like a great idea. And so that's what they do. That's what gets signed into law. No one consulted Daniel on this. Let's be honest here. Could you imagine like the terrible joy that these men are feeling right now? Like they're pumped, but, but there's the, the music is building. It's very tense. It's very stressful in this moment. And let's see how Daniel chooses to react. 
Daniel chapter six, verse 10 says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. Did you catch that last line? Just as he had done before. Daniel did not have to make any new decisions based on this decree coming out. He already had a system in place to keep doing what he was doing. He said, I am a man of God. And his system backed it up. That was not just with words. That was how he lived his whole life. He committed to it and he lived that way. So when the pressure got turned up, he knew to do what he had to do. But imagine if Daniel had just like casually prayed his whole life. You know, he'd been like, okay, like, yeah, I pray like when I'm out and about and I really need to find a bathroom somewhere. Or I prayed when my mom was really sick, but I haven't prayed much since then. Or I pray when I have meals with my grandma, but I, I, I don't really pray any other time. Now, don't get me wrong. If these are the only prayers that you have ever prayed, I bet these are beautiful, honest, vulnerable prayers. They're some of the best prayers a person could ever pray. But if Daniel only occasionally prayed, when the decree came out that if he prayed, he was going to get thrown in the lion's den, that would have been a really different situation. But I bet Daniel started with small prayers. I bet he said in these little tiny moments, this is what I'm going to pray about. And it built and it continued to grow because this is the thing. If you want to develop any sort of habit, the secret isn't in doing it all at once, but in starting small. Odds are when Daniel was becoming a person of God, he didn't have this like whole map laid out of where his life was going to go, what was going to happen. He didn't plan on, on getting captured by the Babylonians. He didn't plan on rising in power. He didn't plan on there being a decree about if he prayed, he'd get thrown into a lion's den. Spoiler alert, he prays, he gets thrown in the lion's den. But Daniel did decide that he wanted to be a man of God. And so he built his life in a way that got him there. Last week, we asked the question, who do you want to be? It's a really good question to ask. What is that vision that you want to have for your life in the same way that Daniel knew what he wanted to do with his life? This week, the question is, what systems do you have in place to get you there? And, and some of you are thinking, a system? I haven't had a system since, since before the kids or before the pandemic or before I got sick. You're like, there's no system. There's, I will just handle things whenever they come up. And I hate to break it to you, but that's your system. Your system isn't, I'm going to think ahead. Your system is, I'm just going to react. So, for example, it comes to dinner time in your home. And you're like, okay, someday I would love to be a person who like doesn't eat out all the time. That's, that's really draining my budget. 
But if you only react to things, in that moment, you're like, I don't have any groceries. I guess we're getting in the car and we're hitting up the drive-through again, which you're feeding yourself and you're feeding your family. That is so good and that is so important, but it's not getting you to that place that you wanna be. If you're a student and you're like, I know I've got some big tests coming up, it's the end of the school year, and you wanna get good grades so you can get scholarships, and you, you know when the tests are coming, you know when the end of the school year is. But if you're not studying now, if you're not prepping now and said you're waiting until the last minute, that's your system. Your system probably isn't gonna help you get to that next place that you wanna be unless you think about it. You probably have to change something. But let me be clear, this is not a call for you to just like go home and completely overhaul your whole life so you can develop a new system. That is not sustainable. But this is a call to find one thing that you can change today and commit to it for a month, one month. One of, one of the best things that are out there right now to help people develop new habits is something called habit stacking. It was developed by James Clear and his whole thing was take something you already do and then add another thing to it. So for example, if you already brush your teeth every day, you then say, okay, when I'm done brushing my teeth, I'm then going to read my Bible. It takes the decision-making out of it because you've built a system and you're ready just to go to that next thing. It takes some of the, um, the thinking out of it, the emotions out of it. You just know that this is what you're gonna do. A really practical example for my life was there was a season where I really wanted to do kickboxing. I loved it, it looked so cool. I loved the idea of just like getting so strong. <laughs> but the idea of showing up to a gym felt overwhelming and intimidating and so I had to literally build it into my day. So I would say, okay, I'm gonna leave the building at 5 p.m. I'm gonna get in my car and I'm gonna go to the kickboxing place and then I'm gonna go home. And then I didn't have, I couldn't rely on the excuses of, oh, I had like really tough meetings today or it was a long day or I didn't get a good night's, of, good night's sleep. I just knew this was where I had to go and that was what I did. And so I just went. We've got to take some of those things out of it. And, and don't try making a new habit any harder than it already is by thinking that you are somehow above habit stacking or little hacks or tricks to get you there. Starting a new habit is really hard. So, so take the tips, take the tricks, try the things, see if they work. If they don't work, try something new. But I gotta be honest, I know myself, and hopefully you know yourself. But like, I have to literally put in my phone, I will text this person at this time just to check in with them, just to see how they're doing. Because if I don't put it in my phone, I'm not gonna remember. I know myself enough to know that it's not just gonna happen. If you see me on like a Sunday or a Wednesday or any time and you ask me for something or you want me to do something and I write it down, I need you to know that me writing it down shows you that I care about it enough to not rely on my own brain. We gotta use the tips and tricks that are available to us. Don't just rely on your own strength or your own willpower. At some point in time, though, as you are building these new habits, as you're building these new systems into your life, something is gonna change it. The pressure is gonna get turned up. You're gonna go on vacation and then come back. Um, you might have some really unexpected emergency. You're like, oh no, what do I do? Uh, you might have some mental health struggles. Those are all very real things and they can oftentimes throw off the habits and the systems that we've created. 
But if you build these strong and you don't let them be based just on how you feel about the thing, and it's actually a thing you go about and do every day, that's gonna help you get back to those habits and systems quicker than just relying on your feelings or remembering that you wanted to do that. So last week, the challenge was to get real about where you're heading. This week, the challenge is to find one thing that you wanna change, a habit or a system, one thing and commit to it for one month. Don't even think about adding a second thing until you feel like you've crushed it for a month. And I am not saying that because I don't believe in you. I am not saying that because I think that you are a real bummer at that. What I am saying is we haven't had to develop new habits in a long time. I am so hopeful that the post-pandemic life that you get to build is one that you love and brings God glory, is not one that you are just like, well, this is just what happened. This is just where I'm living, how I'm living, and what I'm doing. You get to intentionally rebuild some things now, and that's really exciting. But you got to start small or it'll be overwhelming. A couple of other tips or tricks in building new habits along with habit stacking is to make it obvious and is to make it easy. So for example, if you wanna get better at taking vitamins, make it obvious, put them on the counter so you're seeing them while you're eating or you're getting ready for your day. Obvious, make it easy. Don't fall down the rabbit hole of the internet of here are the 20 best <laughs> multivitamins for whatever obscure life stage you are at. Don't do it. Make it easy, pick up a multivitamin from the grocery store that you are already going to every week. If you want to build the habit of reading the Bible, look for where you can habit stack that. Maybe it's, okay, I wanna read the Bible after I'm done cleaning up from dinner. But you also know, I usually just sit down to watch TV after that. That's, that's the perfect spot. So you say to yourself, after I'm done cleaning up from dinner, I'm gonna read the Bible, habit stacked. Make it obvious, put your Bible literally on top of your remote. Make it easy. Don't say, I'm gonna read a whole book of the Bible today. Read a verse, read a chapter. By making it obvious and easy, you're gonna get this like, I did it, I crushed it. Like a little, a little dopamine rush. It's pretty exciting. That's why I like have nothing but to-do lists in my home. I'm like, crushed it. I did it. Every time I get to cross something off, it feels so exciting. Build those things into your life and into your day. And think about it one day at a time. I have told you to pick one week, or not one week, I told you to pick one month. But maybe you need to think about just one day. When Jesus was on earth, he talked about all of these things that were going to shift and change because of, because of him, because of what he was about to do. And he would constantly challenge his followers and his disciples to live different lives, to do things differently. And so in Matthew chapter six, he is covering so much in talking with them. He is talking about finances and divorce and adultery and how to support those in need and a bunch of other things. And nestled within that is a verse that we love. It is Matthew chapter six, verse 34, and it reads, 
Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We love that verse. We, we put it anywhere we feel anxious and nervous. But do you know what Jesus said to them before he said that verse? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 reads, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus was trying to help them move from, I just, I can't worry, I can't worry, I can't worry, to giving them a different place to put their minds. And he knew that if they focused on the fullness of the kingdom of God, worry would go away. They would not have to worry about the next day. They could focus on the day that they were in because they were focused on God and how he provides and how he shows up for the things that they needed. He was really worried that his disciples and his followers would go back to the old way that they were living because it was familiar. Because making shifts and changes can feel overwhelming. But pick one thing. Focus on that today. If you have had a chance to follow Jesus in your life, you will know that his ways are better. You will also know that it is a real change from how you have lived, how I have lived, how most people have lived. And that shift and that change can make it difficult to follow through, to keep going. I keep going. And if you've never had a chance to meet Jesus, to get to know who Jesus is, maybe that is the first thing that you focus on for one month. Take some time to read the Bible, to learn about Jesus. We are doing a reading plan as a whole church. Maybe this is the perfect thing for you to jump in on. You can find more information on our website. Begin to get to know who Jesus is. And a way to do that is through the routines, the habits, and the systems that you've built into your life. I genuinely am so excited and hopeful for the life that you will get to live when you realize where you want to go and you begin to build the habits that are going to get you there. Thanks for joining the Rainier View Christian Church Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to be notified for all future episodes. Be sure to connect with us on socials at Rainier View CC and find out more about us at rainierview.org.